can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, 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 this is Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Bethany Hammer. And we want to let you know before we start the episode this week that if you're curious about how to find us, if you're out there trying to figure it out, then you can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook at Movies We Missed. So search no more. Um, Mm. Jane, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. I'm happy to hear that you're doing doing well. That's always good for me. Well, I think we got to adjust the elephant in the room. We can all hear it in your voice. You're getting over an illness. I'm going to be just fine. Can okay. you hear my, does it? Do I sound like I'm sick? You, I mean, yeah, you sound like you are getting over it. You don't sound like disgusting. Like if you were like in your active illness, you know, I'd be like, maybe let's wait a minute. But you, you sound fine. You just are clearly getting over a cold. Trying to. I'm trying to, trying to come yeah. through on the other side, everyone, you know? Um, hopefully it's... by the time you hear this, I'll be doing cartwheels outside in the streets again, you know? God, I hope so, because that's sort of one of your favorite activities to do. So it would be nice to see you ac- doing acrobatics outside, wherever It's been can. a while to think that, like, I mean, by the time you hear this episode, I think, like, we'll be, like, oh, we'll be in, closer to March than we ever would have thought. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you mean that we ever would have thought? It's <laughs> an insane <laughs> way to talk about time. <laughs> like, I don't know why that fucking got me, but it's like, I mean, <laughs> I would have thought that by the time time March approaches, you know, we'll be aware of it. You would have thought but- <laughs> that by the time we got closer to March, that we'd be closer to March? <laughs> that we'd be closer to March, maybe because that's how time works, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, whatever. I was, I was, I was speaking um, whimsically. I, I and was, it was wonderful. And, and you got me with your, your East Coast realism. Um, that's sort of the brand I bring. My, you know? um, I was, you know, I was in my, my, I was in my southern, my southern whimsical bag. I know? did, I do love that, and I do love that about you. Um, then why are you was, roasting me? No, it was a, it was a moan of joy. Flambeed me. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think that our listeners can attest that Ugh, any man. just any anytime you see an angle in you will absolutely attack me go jane and her hammerheads so, out there pardon, pardon me for taking one when i saw it you know here we go here if we you're go. in your weakened um, ill state of course i'm gonna pounce it's easy <sighs> for me you know i support you so much and <laughs> I just feel like you want to write this narrative of you as like roll poor, back all the, the tapes, please. Withering Caucasian woman in the corner, <laughs> and the big black monster that is like constantly like lambasting you. But I think our listeners know that there's more here than color lines, so I hope they can see through. Wow, when it turned it into a real, <laughs> you've what you've done is and masterfully if i must say so you have backed me into a white woman corner mm. and there's absolutely nothing i can do or say so anyways um 
this seems like as good a time as any to chat about the movie this week. You know, I, we can. Yeah, I think. I think it seems it's. I mean, the beginning is always a good place to start. I always say. I we have trouble getting there sometimes, so this is a really great in yeah, that we, we do. have. We do. Yeah. On you. <laughs> you and it's nice to know that you've never derailed a conversation between us either. You're famously on topic. I do want to say that bottom knob would be a really good uh, grinder handle. If anybody's. Ooh, bottom knob. That's a great, know, great grinder handle. It means. You have a knob, it, like you're Brit. First of all, it means you're British, one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent British, and you're a bottom, of or course. You're like an, or you're an Anglophile, I guess. If you if you're doing that and you're not British, get off the internet entirely. I don't accept you. Um, <sighs> and it means that you have a knob. I don't think it has to be more that you're just a bottom, a British bottom with a penis. Okay. Um, you want to dive into the movie? <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> the, old, the old British knob. All right. I got a little synopsis I put together for you. Let's see how it goes. I would love, first of all, we should probably say, if you clicked on this with your eyes closed, we are doing the movie Deliver Us from Eva. We are. We are. The four Dandridge sisters have it all. Karina is a doctor married to Tim, and they are beginning a family all their own. Hairstylist Bethany is in a relationship with police officer Mike, and youngest Jackie is recently wed to the lovable screwball Daryl. The three sisters are living their dreams in thriving relationships. The problem? Well, there's a fourth sister, Eva. Eva is currently single, which isn't really a problem, though this movie would have you believe otherwise. I mean, is she a bit high-strung? Yeah. Has she been known to make men cry? You bet. Does she keep her strong opinions to herself? That's a hard no. But the real problem for these men is that Eva doesn't really care for them and spends quite a bit of time letting Mike, Tim, and Daryl know it. In their eyes, her meddling is the reason Karina can't commit to having that aforementioned baby with Tim. She's the reason that Bethany won't even consider letting Mike spend the night until he proposes marriage. And she's the reason that Jackie and Daryl can't seem to find a moment alone long enough to consummate their marriage. I exaggerate, but as you'll soon see, so does the movie. I mean, we are all just leaning into the hyperbole, okay? But the point is, these three men want Eva out of the picture so that they can move on with their happy relationships. I mean, they've even tried setting her up with friends, but that resulted in her chewing these men up and spitting them out as well. That is, until she meets Ray Adams. Ray is an old friend of Mike's who has recently returned to the area. And once Mike sees Ray's effects on ladies at a local watering hole, he knows that he just may be the guy to get Eva out of their hair for good. The plan? Well, get Eva to fall in love with Mike, then get Mike to convince Eva to move away with him, and once she's relocated to the new location, dump her. She will be out of their hair, and they will be free to live happily with the remaining Dandridge sisters. I mean, it's pretty flimsy. I mean, not to mention diabolical, but let's all suspend our disbelief to see how this one turns out. Eva is going to be a hard nut to crack. She is headstrong, determined, and uncompromising. Will Ray be able to make Eva fall in love with him? And more importantly, what happens if Playboy Ray finds himself on the other side of Cupid's arrow? Even more pressing, have Tim, Mike, and Daryl thought about what will happen if Eva finds out about their little harebrained scheme? The course of true love never did run smooth, and before this battle of the sexes is over, 
They may be asking the heavens above to deliver us from Eva. And scene that was beautiful, gorgeous. I um, I was gonna say I was inspired. This movie selection was not the movie selection that I had planned um, for last week. I actually decided to go with this movie based on the conversation that we had last week during the episode because, as I told you at the end of the episode last week, with the last week, by the way, if you this is your first time listening to the podcast, first of all, hello and welcome to the, the MWM uh, family. We are so happy to have you. Thank you for coming. You do have to pick uh, a side pretty soon. Yeah, if you, you be, do. 100%. If you yeah. want to be one of the cantankerous hammerheads then that's jane's crew and if you want to be all about like growth and you want to find out what's going on with that greenhouse effect then you know this is the way you want to swing um but you know i'll let you decide uh but if you want yeah, to listen absolutely. to absolutely if you want to listen to the 10 things i hate about you episode then you may get a hint as to why i picked this movie um jane named one of the reasons last week at the end of the episode when she said that gabrielle union who's also in 10 things i hate about you stars in the movie Jane, did you guess the re- the other reason why I picked this movie after last week's movie? Um, I did, and I believe it's because this is also an adaptation of the Taming of the Shrew, the Shakespeare play. Absolutely, she uh, she put the piece together, and we love she to did. See this is this is the movie that she deserved. I mean, I love Ten Things I Hate About You, but she is her she is she does dirty and is done dirty in that movie just because like she's the only yeah. black character and like is treated really poorly and is like. A person who's like evil. <laughs> yeah, and who's just like trying to get her hands on that on that white man. <laughs> exactly. And so it was really nice to see her do it again as the star of this movie, you know, playing the quote unquote shrew, who actually isn't a shrew. But um, yeah, it was it was it was really interesting to see another adaptation, and also so soon after this movie came out, <laughs> and maybe that's why they decided to make this one and release this one as well i'm not sure but i mean i feel like this one when you say adaptation of like of taming the shrew i feel like this one's a looser adaptation obviously than like the original 10 things i hate about you i feel Um, like also adaptation is a misleading word it's based loosely Loosely. on the same (laughs) ideas and story (laughs) the idea of like an older overbearing sister and like the idea of like suitors of the younger sister who like who feel like they are sort of being like i guess gatekept from them like hatching a plan yeah. to like get a wooer for the older sister mm-hmm. in order to increase their chances of decreasing their proximity from younger sisters so i mm-hmm. think that like that's basically the only piece of this which is i mean that's the main plot of the movie so yeah, oh, yeah that is, you know but there's no mm-hmm. dad sort of overbearing father figure in this movie. no um, it's interesting because i feel like the eva character in this movie is sort of the dad and the shrew yeah, i think she so I, embodies yeah. both characters oh for sure and uh, by the yeah. way this movie was released on february 7th 2003 so this movie was released actually like four years after the last movie Mm-hmm. And uh, at the box office, it made about 17.5 mil. And I could not find any information on that budget. They were like, no, 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 no. Don't you worry what we spent to make this happen. Just, just sit back and enjoy. I mean, I remember when this movie came out. I remember being like, oh, I want to see that. But I just never saw it. And I had no idea that it had anything to do with the same, you know, with the with 10 Things I Hate About You and the Shakespeare adaptation at all. And 
so I do remember because like this was the time when you knew all the movies that were coming out because there weren't 6,000 of them at one time. Yeah, we were in high school at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, so and I think this, that's this what you did of... when you were in high school because you couldn't do anything else. You went to the movies. <laughs> I mean, this isn't real first, but this is, I think, one of her first like big like leading parts. Um, yeah, and... Uh, yeah. I mean, there were others. Like, Bring It On was before this. Br- yeah, Bring It On was definitely before this, but I feel like she shared the spotlight in Bring It On. She did. With... Bring It On was 2000, and they were still yeah. sort of leaning towards a, you know, that was still Dunst and Dushku doing their thing. Yeah, I guess I forgot Dushku's in it. Oh, God, I, you're, it... So, you're such a Dushku hater, because I she have... used to beat you up for roles all the time, didn't she, back in Boston? <laughs> I am absolutely not a Dushku hater. I'm a Dushku supporter. She and I were in the same children's theater company when we were kids. And What parts were you playing? Look at us now, you know? <laughs> I got a lot of chorus. <laughs> a lot of chorus like hard parts. chorus parts? <laughs> yeah. We did the... I was... Uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, I'm trying to think about what we did. Like, I mean, I did this when I was really, really little. I mean, like, I was five years old when we did, like, a Christmas carol. And I was, like, in the chorus for that. And then we did Pirates of the Penzance. Pirates of Penzance. Pirates of the Penzance. We did Pirates of Penzance. And Mm -hmm. Eliza Jushu, she was a bit older than me. And she had, like, a – I think she had, like, a very significant part. I was in the chorus as well. And I remember people always being like, oh, she's so funny. I don't remember what role she played, though. And then we were also in the Mikado, which, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> I haven't looked back because I don't remember what the Mikado was about, but I'm pretty sure it had something to do with Japan, and I'm pretty sure there was, um, I don't know, I would have to look back, but I don't know that it's aged well. Y'all were doing a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> we were really into Gilbert and Sullivan, I guess. I don't remember. And then, like, as I got older, I remember we did, like, The Wizard of Oz, and we okay. did um, Peter Pan and stuff like that. So, you know. Were you Peter Pan or Wendy? Um, Regrettably, no. <laughs> Which... <laughs> regrettably for who? <laughs> for me because i was so into it and like couldn't i like couldn't i did not do well in auditions i would get so nervous i remember when they'd want me to sing there was one particular audition that i had like sing in and i remember like my throat just like closed and i was like trying to to croak out a song and i couldn't because i was so nervous (laughs) and it's like (laughs) hilarious how nervous i was for like children's (laughs) theater but it was everything to me like we were so into it It was me and my sister and one of our best family friends growing up julia and the three of us did it did them every year we're so into them we would get our scripts and highlight our lines (laughs) i mean like i never had any fucking so I'd be sitting with, like I remember I'd be like sitting like prepping our scripts with Georgia and Julia they'd be like highlighting their lines and I'd be like I'd have like one and I'd be like okay done 
Julia was Peter Pan. So she like Oh, come through. <laughs> and I think my sister played the father. Peter like okay. Wendy's father. Great and casting. I was a lost boy, but so. um I did have a solo. <laughs> okay. Okay. We see you. Um so, you know, I did again, this I I've done my fair share of theater and it wasn't good. So, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, I don't know why I went off on that. Tangent. I was fascinated by all of it. Really, really made me laugh true. so hard about us like sitting there highlighting our lines and me just not really being able to participate in that. It's like a simpler task for you. Um, <laughs> so, like, one of the funny things about this movie is that, like, for them, like, with the exception of, I think, Bethany and Mike, Tim and Karina and Daryl and Jackie those are those are the two married couples and like Bethany and Mike aren't married and yeah but he wants to propose right or he yeah, wants he, them like, to move in together he wants he like wants them to move in together he wants to well the big thing is spending the night which like Bethany won't allow him to spend the night because which is so wild Eva says that's a no-no but it is funny to me also because there's a later point in the movie where like things have changed and he's a allowed to so it's like but in that moment it's like it's a montage of the men sort of being allowed to do what they're what they want to do because at this point Eva you know is in love with the Ray character but it's a funny moment because it's like oh so y'all do have sex because it's like they're in bed together and it, it appears that like I mean they're in some state of undress and he wakes up in the middle of the night and realizes that she's letting him spend the night and it's like I don't feel like the excitement is about the fact that you have sex. So it's like you are having sexual intercourse. You're just not allowed to spend the night after the sexual intercourse. I which is really like so. funny to me. No, I think they're having sex. I think that it's like, yeah, well, would, I mean, I think that would have been what he was saying. He wouldn't have been saying, right. why can't I spend the night? He would have been saying, why aren't we smashing? Right. And so I exactly. think they are having sex. And I don't think Eva's preventing that. I think Eva is just preventing the, it's just like the cohabitating, I think is like, really... right. Like, I think, I think like, the sister, I, I can't remember whose name is who. So who, sorry, who is with Mike again? That's Karina. Bethany. Oh. <laughs> Bethany is, Bethany's with, with um Mike and Karina. Oh, is sorry. You're okay. Bethany's with Mike and Karina is with Tim. And then mm-hmm. Jackie, um, Jackie is with Daryl. Okay. Sorry. There's a lot of people. There's and a lot like, of people. You don't see, honestly, what you see mostly is like the sisters together. So like the men and, and you see the men together too. And you have these quick scenes of the couples, but I feel like for so much of this movie, like the plotting and planning is like either the sisters together or the men, uh, the the boyfriends of the sisters together. And Do they all look alike to you? <sighs> I just asked. <laughs> No, because okay. I know who they are as like the actresses. Okay. I know that like Essence plays Karina. Yeah. And Megan Good is Jackie. Yeah. And then I don't know who plays Bethany. Interesting. Robin Lee. Robin Lee. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know. I don't have to prove this to you. Um yeah, no, it's it's you and the Hammerheads are, I'm sure, right now frothing at the <laughs> At the mouth. But um, you know what I mean. Like it's it's yeah, for sure. It's hard. Like, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of characters, especially yes. doing what we do, which I say like it's like architecture or something. <laughs> it's like literally like we watch a movie and write notes. We're like doing what <laughs> but we do. But there 
there is but it is hard like there is a lot of work to it it just forces you to look at movies differently look yes when you're a film critic (laughs) here's the thing that i've learned from this profession when you're doing this type of work when you're on one of the most prolific podcasts known to man when you're at the top of apple's podcast list every week they're trying to get you to come work and do an apple original podcast and they're offering (laughs) they're offering like dough and it's like I never thought I'd turn down six figures, you know, but... <laughs> and and I'm still trying to figure out why and what four, but we made a decision based on integrity that you tell me, I guess. Wait, what'd you say about four? I said, wh- I'm trying to figure out why and what four. Oh, I thought you said you were you were getting four figures. And I was like, and I was like, that would <laughs> make sense. Me getting six and you getting no, four. No, 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 no. Because I no. think that they probably have a different no. tier for the guests. Um, the guest host they come in as opposed to like no i'm making seven uh, no i'm talking like seven or eight figures to be honest with you oh you're trying to get back up to to what you were getting over at spotify and we'll (laughs) we'll see we'll see but then again you were messing around on that podcast i don't know what you were doing co-hosting the show with um, alex jones and joe rogan (laughs) you insisted told you it was a bad move and (laughs) you insisted so i was like go off but well um, you know i then felt you were like oh they weren't too they weren't too what receptive to your woke talk i told you they wouldn't be <laughs> nobody they... cares about your pronouns over there girly <laughs> they actually tried to poison me so i didn't show up to work that, that, well they definitely anything that they were saying was it was poison yeah exactly kind of, just for, if you are listening for the first time no i never did a podcast with that with um, they didn't ask her alec jones and i wouldn't okay because I don't I believe do in that to do an I would I would never. I would never. There would be no amount of money where that would be okay for me. Okay, that would get you so much makeup. <laughs> There's no, yeah, and then it, and then zero integrity and dignity. I would never do that. Never. Do you ever. have those things? Oh, how fucking dare you. Just, Jane can't be bought. <laughs> Look, for 50 million I can be I, would, I can be bought by some people but not by Alex for 50 Jones. Million, I for like an episode for 50 million dollars? No. I would. I'd be well, on there and the whole time I'd just be like y'all wild boys. I take my check and leave. I'd be like, "Oh, that's how you see it?" Bet. <laughs> You would get so mad. And first of all, they wouldn't be offering you $15 million to be on your show. It is a, this is an imaginary world. I know. I'm, I'm... I know. But if they offer you $15 million to be on the one episode of their show, can you yeah. be yourself? Can you say you're insane and I'm only doing this? No. To t- you have but to that's why with I them? would get. that's why I would just spend the whole episode pivoting. Pivoting from like how in what way? Like if they were like, oh my God, like. I don't know something. All lives matter, and I'd be like, <laughs> some people feel that way. <laughs> but what if they made you like choose side? What if they for that direct deposit to drop? <laughs> slink out. Can you direct deposit all, fifty million dollars? I was just about to say. I don't know if you can. That's the I've never had to worry about before. Absolutely. You also, Alex Jones has no fucking money. He because he's or next. He, he has to pay like a billion dollars to the families of Sandy Hook for saying right, that it was a hoax. Yeah, I mean, there isn't enough money for him to pay for what he's done. <laughs> I mean, I know that I sound. I know you're laughing at me because I sound self righteous, but it's true, and I won't back down. No, and you shouldn't. All right, let's calm down, Tom Petty. I'm <laughs>
Um, but back to the movie. I, I was going to make a... Whoa, wait. Real quick, I was going to huh? make a Tom Petty joke, but I wasn't entirely certain that was Tom Petty's. And I was like, if I get this wrong, he will absolutely destroy me. So I'm glad you made it. You would have fallen if you'd gotten it wrong. But we didn't... Because <laughs> I would have just let you just drop. Um, but no, we've got Eva going after the husbands. In the first scene, also, I think it's important to note that Eva is holding a blockbuster video because one of the first scenes in the movie where we sort of understand the lines that have been drawn between men and women in this film um, mm-hmm. is that the men are over at uh, men are over at Tim and uh, Karina's house, and they want to mm-hmm. watch a movie. They want to watch. No, um, they they want no. They want no. They're watching a they're watching a football game. <laughs> And the women want to, they want to have their book club and they're reading Toni Morrison's Beloved, iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they also, they need the television because they want to watch the movie after, which by the way, that that sounds like a night. That <laughs> sounds like um, a very, very intense evening. Hours of discussing Beloved, which is going to take the whole night, by the way. Absolutely. And then push in play on the Danny Glover Oprah Winfrey joint. Just seems Maybe. like a lot maybe give it like to next week you know what i mean yeah like, i think i think parts. it's a half and half yeah hey essence i can start on you know that upn sitcom half and half with rachel true so did... you'd love to see it <laughs> did she and, oh wow yeah she did you remember half and half i don't remember that but i do rem- i don't remember the name of the show but i do remember those two in a tv show together they were like sisters who had the same dad but they had different moms and one of them had this hippy dippy flighty mom and the other one had this like business oriented mom who was the second wife and mm. they were sisters who i think found each other later in life and like just about the you know wacky flighty sister and then the no nonsense type a sister how are they gonna make it work and <laughs> the they <app> do. couple <laughs> until UPN was like no more <laughs> until UPN was like we are folding under our own weight <laughs> <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown <laughs> it's just like huh is that what you think <laughs> oh my god you and, are... was, and that was wasn't it you was WB wasn't didn't UPN turn in WB no 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 UPN was its own thing okay and WB turned into CW, but also do you you're remember? Right, right. Do you remember the commercials they used to call themselves Open, and I hated that. I don't like. That. Are you open tonight? <laughs> like they tried to that. make that a thing, and it really stuck in my craw. I was like, I won't be open tonight. Thank you very much. Gay fact: the thing that I remember, I'm thinking of WB, but I remember <laughs> watching Entertainment Tonight when they mm-hmm. like did a first. They did a na, first. Na, 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 na. Oh, absolutely. Nancy O'Dell, baby. Um, and they did a first look at Charmed. And I was climbing up the fucking walls. I was like, you're fucking kidding me? Shannon Doherty and Alyssa Milano? I couldn't fucking wait. Oh my God. Don't forget Rose McGowan. Hello. No, she wasn't there. She wasn't there at first. She wasn't? I didn't ever watch Charmed. I thought she was, it was in Charmed. It was no, it was the other one from Pixar. Oh, like Haley or Holly or something. She that got the other call. one. Holly got the call yeah. first, and then I think it wasn't until Shannon left because of those creative differences. <laughs> you know, Aaron Spelling. <laughs> we were dealing with some of the same problems we were dealing with over in Holly Marie Combs was the was the third. Holly the third Marie one. Combs, that's what was her name. I my sister loved Charmed. I never oh, watched yeah. it though. I, I actually stopped really watching when Shannon it. left, and I was like, "What do they think they're gonna do? They're just throwing <laughs> in this this extra sister, like nobody's gonna notice, and we're all just supposed to fall in line." Ugh. Like, She's a brunette; it'll work. 
Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, she's a brunette with huge tits, so I guess it'll work. I mean, I guess it did work. <laughs> I, was I just remember them like watching. all in like long sleeve t-shirts with huge scoop necks and it was like See, boobs, i boobs, remember boobs. them in like camisoles like i remember them in like i'm sure they camisoles were. a lot and like jeans like with like wands in their hands like that's making out and then punching like goblins oh my god that sounds incredible and, I, and I feel like there was like no flowering was safe on that set oh my god yeah. well in the late 90s early 2000s it was like if you didn't leave your fucking house with the flattest fucking hair you've ever had your night was ruined oh how the god. hell did this cat get in here um <laughs> so jane's got a kitty cat visiting her so we've got eva initially like setting the boundaries and setting the rules for this world because the sisters are sort of arguing with with the the partners the over who's going to get this room and then eva sort of steps in and she makes it clear that like the men are leaving and that the women will be will be taking over the room and everybody sort of falls in line eva's the oldest sister of the four and it's sort of like what she says goes basically in this family and like eva has this um ability to sort of like really make her sisters sort of do whatever she wants them to and because of that kind of make these men do whatever she wants them to do so everybody's sort of like really resentful of her and like that's a big part of like of the world of this movie it's like eva sort of making the pieces move basically well it's weird because like i didn't really experience i i I, that's technically right for sure but i guess like i didn't experience her like i i have a lot of like I, i there's a lot of truth in what eva said which like whether it ended up within like <clears throat> making the sisters do the right thing or not has you know <clears throat> that's not that's obviously up for de- up for debate but like she goes on this rant about like and she has like a lot of really great rants in this movie where she like stands up to some dude who's saying something and wants wants a particular thing to happen and she's like no this isn't fucking happening and she makes a lot of fucking good points at one point during her little rant while she's like trying to get the men to leave um leave the living room so they can have it for the book club she says something like you know women carry carry life's burdens and men's men men create those burdens or something like that and i was like that's fucking true man they deserve this living <laughs> like she gets me on her side nearly every time she i mean the thing is that often like she's not wrong right I mean, one can make a case for like delivery but like <laughs> it's also like she's the thing too is that she's like the, she's the tiebreaker because it's like we have like these three women and then we have their partners and then she's the older sister and so she's the like the one who sort of has like the deciding vote and it's like right. always in favor of like her sisters so it's of like course. that's a part of like the frustration that we're met with at the beginning and we get like a little bit of like exposition as the men are like sort of like at the bar basically like <laughs> you know, like licking their wounds. And they, they, one of them says a line that I hated, which was in reference to the sisters who are all played by beautiful actresses. But they, he says, their daddy's Johnson should be bronzed. And I, Disgu- absolutely disgusting. I hated, I hated that. <laughs> hated talk. it. Um, <laughs> also, mean, what about their mom's vagina, though, too? Like, right, exactly. What about their mom's uterus who carried them and her vagina who gave birth to them? Let's right. celebrate that. Like, 
But it's Ugh. all about Dad's Johnson in this one. Of um, course. And we also find out that that both of the parents are dead. So, mm-hmm. unlike in 10 Things I Hate About You, where the mother was just irresponsible. And she left her girls, and then she left them <laughs> with, with their dad. Such a different uh, story. She just peaced out just, like, for no were like, reason. We're good. They're like, <laughs> we... Uh, we don't need this. We don't need these characters. We this this budget is already stretched thin. Let's get the let's get the also any parent in here would like any parent present would like in some ways like take away from Eva's power. Because I mean that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge point of the movie is that Eva is sort of like the mother figure for them as well because what they reveal Absolutely. is that Eva's the oldest sister and we later learn that the parents died when Eva was eighteen. So, like, Eva then took on the responsibilities of, like, raising her siblings. Although it's always, I always get caught up in, like, like the specifics of things like that. There's, like, a, <laughs> there's a moment where she says, like, my parents died when I was 18. And then I, and the insurance money paid for the house. And I just got two jobs. And it's, like, two, and her sister says earlier in the movie, Beth, Karina says, oh, my God, Eva put me through medical school. And I'm, like, okay. So, like, even with, like, that house being paid for, like, what like Eva put you through medical school and she was able is... to take care of the other two sisters as well and the jobs she described were like not well-paying jobs so it's like no huh? it's... it's very very confused the the cash or the math as they say was not particularly mathing for me in that sense either because i was like i i wonder if she meant eva emotionally put her through maybe like maybe gave she her means, a place like... to live she I got still really got, you know, 200, 250K in loans, but she really helped me get I'm through I'm sure Eva it. was able to throw you coins every now and then, but it's like, if it was maybe the two of you, I could be like, okay, but it's also like, there's two other sisters. And it's really unclear, like, what the what the birth order is as well, except that, like, Megan no idea. is, like, the youngest. The, That's pretty the youngest. But the one other of my two... notes, One of my notes is just, Megan Good is really that girl. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know why. She's... I just was, like, looking through it. That's where we started, and I was like, whoa. What was going on when I wrote that? She was probably like, just on screen, being beautiful. Being beautiful. I mean, to be honest, all of the sisters are beautiful. The sisters, everyone's every everyone's really attractive in this film. I know. Um, it really kind of makes you feel like a piece of shit when you're watching it in your fucking sweatpants and like eating snacks, and you're like, there, you're like, what's going on? Also, there is like a barbecue scene in this movie, and everybody was dressed to the early aughts nines in this scene, and I was like, there was un- like. Dwayne Martin plays the character of I think yeah Dwayne Martin was the one at the bar yeah he is the one at the barbecue grill I believe and he's wearing like uh, he's wearing like a like a v-neck sweater with like a button up underneath and like khakis and it's just like nobody grills in an outfit like like (laughs) why is everybody and then there's like a scene like a wide shot of like the assortment of guests and like everybody's like dressed in like they're like sunday best and it's just like this isn't how you dress for a hot ass barbecue outside in the middle of the day in los angeles like why is everyone dressed like it's i i, I it was it was too much for a barbecue but i mean that's you know a movie set or whatever i mean also we got one of like the things that i hate the most one of the items of clothing that i hated the most from the early aughts they threw mm-hmm. in gabrielle union in this scene she was wearing a turtleneck sweater that was sleeveless i absolutely have a note about that because it is one of the most upsetting and confusing clothing garments that we've ever gone through and i remember they like were my everywhere. Mom, i remember my mom bought, bought me some for christmas and i was like how do i wear this how Where? do i wear when? this 
because it's a sweater, but there's no sleeves. When in the world would I be wanting to be in sweater material without sleeves? Uh, yeah, I can't I imagine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Our producer Dave just chimed in and said Jennifer Aniston was a huge proponent. I think yes. maybe on Friends, I vaguely remember Jennifer Aniston really like rocking. Oh, uh, absolutely. Rocking the sleeveless like turtleneck sweater. Stuff. I can see it a lot. I can see it in my head. I can't think of like an episode or whatever, but it's like very, that's definitely burning. And you my know, brain. back then it was probably like, oh my gosh, it's so fucking comfortable, but also like glamorous. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, talk about Jennifer Aniston. Like, I used to watch Friends every Thursday night and be like, why can't I have her wardrobe? I don't get it. It is. It was a lot back then. And also, yep. I remember mm-hmm. reading somewhere that, like, they, like, Courtney Cox and, like, Jennifer Aniston, like, never wore bras or something. And, like, the producers, like, kept the studio wow. really cold. Know, that could have been a myth. <laughs> I don't know if it was a myth, but I remember there's, like, a ton of nip on Friends. Like, you would always. And it was never Kudrow. It was always Cox and Aniston. You know, Kudrow would always seem like she was like, y'all do your thing. Y'all, y'all sell that sex pot fantasy if you want to. And it's like. <laughs> In this business casual, like, you know, do you? Um, we knew the sex wasn't coming from that from that group of men, though. Um, <laughs> also, in this movie, like, when we meet Ray, the character played by the legend LL Cool J, for all you, like, probably, if there's any Gen Zers who are listening, like, LL Cool J did used to be a rapper, just so you know, before yes. he was an actor. He was more than, um, he was more than, what was it, NCIS? Um... I'm is assuming. that the one he's on? Right. I don't know. He's he's on one of those. It's I don't one know of those CBS procedurals. Yeah, but um, I'm not mad at him. But yeah, but he did really. Him and Queen Latifah were like the Mister and Mrs. of like the of rap rapper, rapper turned, turned actor. like movie star actor. Yeah, um, like successfully. Like yeah, they. I mean, not... they both had something that I think like you know they brought to it that. Hey. Well, I'll have you know that during um. <laughs> First of all, L. Cool J is beautiful. Just talking about beautiful people in this movie. He's got like this charm and this like, just like essence about him, just an ease about him. And just like, it's like everything he says is kind of flirty, but it's like, but it's not like creepy flirty. It's like, it's like, he's just like, he just knows how to talk to people, even when he's not talking to a love interest. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, a flirty person. And <laughs> we were watching this movie. Tara kept, like, she, Tara was making dinner. She was coming in and out. And she came back in when it was, like, a, a kissing scene between um, <laughs> Gabrielle and LL Cool J. And she just goes, <sighs> I wish I was LL Cool J. <laughs> For what reason? Because he's because he's kissing Gabrielle Union, or because he's so cool and good looking? And she was like, "Take your pick. All of those reasons." Eloquel J is like he's like the essence of cool, and I think it's like mm-hmm. he has this sort of self assuredness and this quiet confidence. And I mean, yeah, ladies love cool James, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they have since the since he since his mama told him to knock that that, that person out all those years ago. Absolutely. 
And um, yeah, no, he's really well. He's really well cast in this part. And like mm-hmm. the scene is like this insane scene where they where they where Mike is re- like reacquainted with Ray, where they're at this bar and Ray is in a, and Ray has this girl that he's walked in with, and then they run into this other girl, and both of them are purporting to be his girlfriends. And then like the guys are all like watching, and they're like, "Oh my god, this isn't going to end well." And then the three of them decide to just like go back to his place together, <laughs> and it's just like it's in, just a funny in- scene. It's such a scene. It's such a funny scene. And in the like long list of things that would never happen that way, this is like, you know, <laughs> this is 100% at the top of that list. But yeah, hey, I guess. LL's but we love it. it. This is that kind of movie where it's like, okay, I'm on board. You know, whatever and it we is. Get- Whatever's going to happen, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll support it. You know, yeah. I'll do you. I'm sure everybody's going to have a lot of fun. Um, and then, like, we get this, like, scene, because what they really, pro- they want to provide us with is, like, examples of the ways in which, like, Eva is sort of, like, intervening on the lives of her sisters. And, like, mm. the first scene we get, which is, like, one of the funniest, is the scene between, um, it's Karina and Tim, and mm-hmm. they're at home, and <laughs> they're having this conversation, and, um, they're talking about having a kid, and they're talking about wanting to have, um, Wanting to have a kid. Uh, and by they, I mean Essence Atkins' character. She plays Karina. Her mm-hmm. and Eva, or uh, Gabrielle Yoon's character, are talking. And um, Mel Jackson, who plays Tim, is there. But he's in the living room. But, like, it's a living room that is, like, feet away from the kitchen. Like, everybody's yeah. in the same room. Exactly. And, and basically, this is open concept, baby. And they're having this <laughs> whole conversation at this at the world's tiniest island and like chopping up vegetables. And Eva's she, like, by the way, the way she starts chocolate chopping that cucumber is giving major Kendall Kendall Jenner vibes. I don't know if you noticed, but Eva was not <laughs> adept at chopping that cucumber. <laughs> what does that mean? Does Kendall Jenner chop cucumbers? Oh God! There was I, it was like a few months ago. Like there was this video that like went viral of like Kendall Jenner. I think she was like, it was during one of the well, not Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but their new show, which is exactly like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but on a different network. But on Hulu. And she, yeah, <laughs> she's chopping a cucumber like an insane person, like oh, a person who's never chopped a cucumber before. She holds and it she in the weirdest it. way, and she probably has it. Yeah. Oh my god! There were these videos that they put up of like random celebrities, like taking you through their days and like showing you like what like what it was like like what i eat in a day and it's like they have this one that is like i think it's yolanda hadid Mm -hmm. and she is just it's just like broths basically all day and it's like (laughs) you're not selling this to me and she's just like yeah like i just i go in the kitchen and i make like a broth and then i just you know and i sit here for a second and do my stretches a little broth time again and it's it's like like, babe not enough enough broth in the world sis that is what we call in the biz an eating disorder. It's not all broth, to be fair. It's just lots of different <laughs> takes on like it's like it just is it's it's just a funny take. And I feel like all those videos a day in the life are always funny because you can like see like the publicists and like the chefs out off on like the side of the screen, just like when do I come in? It's like well, every day, every day I'm in the kitchen making foie gras, and it's like the chef who's been working tirelessly for six hours, like stuffed in the corner with beads of been up since like forehead. four a.m. plating she's... a gorgeous plate. For exactly, you. and she's like, "You're not going to be seen today." Um, so nor heard, nor heard. Get out of here, Chauncey. Um, never too far though. Mama might need you. Uh, Keep so... close. 
I'm hungry. I'm hungry. So she's chopping this cucumber and she's talking to her sister about like them having a child. And like basically like Eva's like they're basically having this conversation about Tim being an alcoholic, which is basically just because like his dad had a drinking problem. And like Karina's basically she's like, saying, you know, like, I heard it's hereditary. <laughs> And yeah, Eva's like, just oh, she's just shit stirring. It's like, yeah. I heard it was hereditary. You're right, girl. We got to get that drinking under control before you can have a baby because Tim really wants a baby. That's Tim's story on this yeah. movie. And Eva, like, <laughs> apparently is like gatekeeping like his wife's womb. And so it's like he's sitting in the living room ha casually having like a cocktail and like reading the paper. And like Karina comes in and like takes the drink from him and is just like, I think, I think that's enough for tonight. And it's like, is that the, is that the, it seems like that's the only drink he's had though. Um, yeah, and this is just like very with it <laughs> like... wild scenario and it's also like there's no way that he didn't hear this entire conversation that's happening because they're a whisper away they're and so they are close. having a full-ass conversation about his alcoholic father and his like genealogy of addiction um that he is heir to um but it's like a funny movie that sort of gives you like an idea of like what is sort of like happening in their relationships and the ways that like Eva like is sort of like makes these like uncalled for or I guess unsolicited interventions in the eyes of the men at least There's the that. thing is is that she's not the, I think she's not the one making these interventions she's the one who's planting a seed with her sisters and her sisters are, like, are then being like well you know Eva did say that to do this and to do this and maybe this is a good idea and so like she's not actively saying don't do this. This is a bad idea. You'll regret it. She's just planting little seeds with her sisters and her sisters respect and love her so much that they are going to do whatever she says. And I think part of her knows she has that power. Oh, I think more than part of her. I don't think there's, right. I, there doesn't seem to be yeah. anything in Eva that is like telling me <laughs> that like she's wondering if like her sisters are going to make a different decision than the one she tells them to make. And it's like, because right. she has like this all in this all encompassing power because she is like sister older sister and she's also mother so she's like mm -hmm. these two sort of central female that's figures that's mother life. that <laughs> that is mother um, so she's got these two like you know two respected titles all in one and so we see this we see there's a moment with like jack jackie and daryl where like they are like at home and like i just want to mention very briefly that jackie is played by the lovely mate megan good and her husband daryl the actor's name is d'artanian edmonds which i mm -hmm. was just like that is that's a name mm. um d'artanian i won't be commenting on his name but i will say <laughs> that because <laughs> nothing looks worse than a white woman being like what that person has a difficult name for me to pronounce yeah <laughs> how dare you but i will say it took me a while to look at it and be like how do i say that Tartanian, yeah which is like yeah. a name and i have heard but i've heard before, but, but once i, I like where. once i like sounded it out i was like oh d'artanian like i've heard that name before i don't know in what context or from who but i yeah, have I heard that name character before. in a book or something mm, oh maybe. uh dave just said three musketeers <gasps> oh okay there we go. Well, hey, in good company then, right? We're all learning. For three, three for all, as they say. Is <laughs> yeah, as, as they say, three guys can do it, and that's sort of the three the guys, one cup, three musketeers, <laughs> three guys, 
all these it's it's three guys and our swords i think and our swords i think that's one of your lines from peter pan actually <laughs> um, i can't believe they let you play hook that year but I, love it. I wish i could find those tapes oh. um Impacted. But yeah, so and what would I do with them? Find, <laughs> find, find, find a fucking VCR after that. <laughs> <laughs> Solid point, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, so there's a scene where like Jackie and Daryl are like about to have sex, and then like Eve, Eva pops up in their bedroom and just like sits on the bed. It's just like it's like these men don't exist. To her. Like, <laughs> no, it's such it's like honestly such a power move. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, because it's you, like they are on top of each other about to go at it, and she's like, Hi, and it's like she's not embarrassed at all. She literally sits down next to them and like treats them as her audience. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she's sad about something, and so she yeah. sits down, and it's just like a really like it's a really funny moment, but it's also like it's the disregarding that I think these three are like really like trying to like. Trying to make mm-hmm. the, the director's trying to make clear to us that like Eva comes before everybody. We also get like this really like funny moment in the movie where there's this song called Ain't No Stop in Sunshine. And they're like, it's our theme song. <laughs> Brandon, and it's like, I have so many questions it's about this. So ca- they mention it so casually. It's like this it's like they're all at their respective homes and the song comes on and they're like trying to force their husbands to dance with them in this like moment of gaiety. <laughs> and it's like, what? That's not a thing that people have. And it's like <laughs> Ain't no like, stopping sunshine. <laughs> ain't no stopping me. I have, ain't no first stopping of all, all the love that says me over. It's like almost Desiree. I, I literally, my note was, what is this song? Is that Desiree? Who has the theme song? I'm so confused. Like You and Georgia have a theme song? Georgia and I do not have a theme song that I'm aware of. Um, I, thought it, I thought you said it was that Meredith Brooks song. What's it called? <laughs> what Meredith? Who's Meredith Brooks? Oh, from the nineties. I'm a bit. I'm oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I do not feel ashamed. Actually, we all thought my. <laughs> we were all like, this is the beginning of something. <laughs> I like was never that into it, but I loved that. I loved that I could say "bitch" in a song. For me, that was like so edgy. And I like, just remember was- thinking. I was a child of like of the course. 90s in Texas. I just remember thinking like, I can't believe she can say that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, oh my god, I get this on the radio. Oh, my little this gay ass, crazy. Like, oh my god. <laughs> there was a song that my sister used to play for me when she was mad at me, and it was a song by the. Uh, I don't even know. She's had a few albums in like. The late '90s. Her name was Juliana Hatfield. She was on the um, soundtrack for Reality Bites, actually. Oh. Um, And she had a few songs, but my sister had one of her albums, and one of the songs was called "My Sister." And the first line of the sister, I mean, the first line of the song is, "I hate my sister. She's such a bitch." And then she used to play that for me all the time when she was mad at me from her room as loud as she could. And you were just screaming, banging on her door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was really rolling my... I was really singing along because I loved that song. <laughs> and then I think the next verse is like, I love my sister or something. So She turns it off right before that, though. <laughs> that was actually very, very um, reminiscent of our relationship back then. Very volatile. <laughs> I and hate you. I love you. You figured it out, though. 
We did. We shi- <laughs> We're shining out today. And we also get this montage of like the four sisters like walking around the city together and like the three. To men, their theme like, song. To their theme song. <laughs> you know, shine, And it's and, like, like the thing is it's not a popular song. Like no, I think it's they're like, really you guys remember this one, to right? Make it happen. And it's, it's like, funny. No. It's funny also because in this movie they actually get the rights to a couple of like really like famous songs. Oh like my there's God. the scene where they sing Sweet Thing by like Rufus and Shaka Khan. Like they, yes. like, they clearly were shelling out money. And then there's a couple of moments in there. It's like, huh, and you still went with this one, huh? It feels like almost I mean, like the person the, who... they start the movie with this great, like... Oh, um, um, you're all I need great, to get like, by. You're all, you're all Tammy in... Terrell. Exactly. Why is that not their theme song? I mean, the song is literally like, you're all I need to get by. And they're like sisters who have been through, like, the death of their parents. The death of two parents together. And they've yeah. also, you know, and Eva putting, you know, everybody through medical school. So, like... <laughs> That seems more, yeah, exactly. But it it was just so funny that they were really, it's like, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It also isn't like, I don't think they really return to it. So it's also funny because it's like. They play it a second time, like, at this, like, last third of the movie. They're like, remember this one, guys? But but they don't bring a lot of attention to the second time they play it, and I'm just like, is that that song again? Yeah, that's that song again. Yeah, Why are they. We doing this? I think somebody maybe like the director owed somebody a favor. Yeah, and they were sounds like, like it. Okay, I'll put the damn song in the movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so all of this is happening, and then we get like this quick shot of like this guy who like went out on a date with Eva previously and now like inappropriately has a stutter as a result apparently oh my god and it's so again, bad we're using things we don't need to be using in movies uh from the early aughts and we're just doing what we want <laughs> um but like that's like what he's left with after like this encounter with Eva where you know she like basically lays into him for like telling her like calm down um <laughs> which apparently women do not like so just Mm. i'd say that as a person who absolutely fucking hates it <laughs> if it's like it's the it's, worst way to get someone to feel calm it doesn't work ever i you want you want to get me 10 times angrier than i already am tell me to calm down uh, tell me tell me to calm down to my fucking face and i will absolutely fucking scratch your eyeballs out it, yeah but i'm fine no. <laughs> jane i'm not gonna just temper it a little bit i didn't, I didn't, I didn't say i didn't say it um but yeah, so we get this moment, and then, like, we have, like, them finally meeting up with Ray, and they're, like, trying to, like, sell Eva to Ray. They have this photo, this professional photo of Eva that they're showing him, but she's literally scowling in the picture. Um, <laughs> and Ray's just like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, she's a great girl. She's a great girl. Because, like, this is the point where they've come up with their scheme. And their scheme, as I mentioned in my synopsis, is wild. Their scheme is like, we're going to get, we need to find somebody to basically get Eva to fall in love with them. To get, we find somebody to get Eva to fall in love with this person. And then this person will like basically whisk Eva away. They'll move away together. And then we'll be rid of her. And then the person can break up with her. So they're selling this like scenario to like Ray, who's really like. So was was it part of the plan to have her move away? Yes. That was the okay. key part. That's why they needed the boyfriend. It wasn't, and, I mean, and it would have been one thing if it was just like, we're going to hire somebody to like, maybe keep her busy for a while. But it's like, right. no, because it's like, we want we want her to fall in love with this person. And then we want her, it, it's, first of all, I'll tell you this, what they're paying Ray is $5,000, which is not <laughs> enough money for this. Okay? 100%. To make someone fall in like, love with you? 
And there's also like a moment in the there's also a moment in the movie where like Ray is like going to take Eva out on a date and he says, I need money. And they look at him like he's crazy. <laughs> and it's like, what did you and they were like, We're paying you already. And it's like, I'm not pulling from the from the My fee. Profit. Yeah. I'm not pulling exactly. From the fee that you're paying me to take Eva out on a date. And he quite it, it rightly doesn't says it makes sense. He quite rightly breaks it down where he goes, see, I need expenses. Do you understand how that's a different word from fee? Because I'm getting paid fee. I'm getting paid a fee and I also need expenses. That's why they're two different words. And I was like, that's a great way to break that down. And you are right. No, it's true. It's like I'm not pulling from my profits to pay for a date. That makes no sense. And he also is like $300, which I was like, okay. Yeah. That's a cute little date right there. That's, I mean, that's a nice honestly, date. That's honestly, at this point, just a standard fucking date. I was going to say, that's so you go to a nice restaurant and then maybe go out for drinks after you're in $300 no a, matter I what. I mean, a nice restaurant and like a nice night on a date, that's like $150. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. in, that's if you're like keeping it somewhat, you know, whatever. It's always it's always super shocking when I go out and like, ugh, this is going to make me sound like I'm an alcoholic. I'm not. But like, it's always shocking when you go out and like you don't get cocktails or you don't get anything to drink. It's and like such a game changer on a bill. Such a and you're like, particular, oh. particularly cocktails. Because I remember, and <laughs> excuse me for sounding old, but I remember when cocktails were standard $10. Now they're a standard like 15 sometimes up to $20. Like, they are getting so expensive. I went to a cocktail bar this weekend. And Always bragging about her life. I ordered a Pisco Sour, and it was $18. And I was like, I'll have another, but I'm also really pissed about you were this. You like, me off, but I'm too drunk to care right now. But I'm <laughs> pissed. Um, no, I went out with a friend of ours like not like probably like a month ago and i mm. we were like oh let's do like and we went out to dinner and then we we're like oh let's do like a nightcap and i got that bill and i had a beer and their drink and i was like i'll get it mm-hmm. and there then the bill came it was 32 dollars and For i had, had a drinks. beer and i was like yeah what unhinged what and it and was like living is like getting so Irish expensive coffee, yeah, it, it just it's wild. It is wild how expensive alcohol is, and that's why I always carry. And this is in Chicago. I'm sure in New York and oh it, and San Francisco and where it's way more. You know, no, and I just carry a flask usually on me anyway. You know, <laughs> so I'll just usually go to the yeah. Even and... sometimes when it's like you know, <laughs> at school or at work or whatever, you know, you just I gotta get through what I gotta get through. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're enjoying your, your hoity-toity Pisco Sours and nobody says anything to you when you're drunk and climbing up the walls at a restaurant <laughs> being thrown out for trying to punch a waiter because Whoa. they don't have mozzarella sticks on the menu at freaking Alinea? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? Oh you at Alinea? <laughs> Can you imagine asking for fucking mozzarella sticks at Alinea? For those of you who don't know, Alinea is like the fanciest like restaurant in chicago it's super super like experimental they do like molecular gastronomy type like you know oh i'm making your cake on a fucking table and you gotta eat off the paper shit like that which just sounds like something that would have a child (laughs) Um, it's called a dump cake go for it (laughs) enjoy your dump cake (laughs) dump cake we dumped what we had in there 
Enjoy that dump. You taste the dump pot? <laughs> or the waiter just walks and whispers in your ear, I dumped in there. As you're like <laughs> two bites in. Never had anybody eat my dump so fast. <laughs> Why does it taste so good? <laughs> they're just like, or they're just like, did you get to the corn yet? Oh, come on. But yeah, so like they're trying to sell Ray on Eva. And then we get this scene where we're going to dump in somebody off. Um, And we get this scene where Eva is a Eva is a health inspector. So we get this Mm -hmm. scene where Eva is at um, a restaurant and she's basically rating the restaurant for like quality. And she gives them several things that they need to fix. And like, she really, she has her monologue when the guy basically called, boss basically says that um, she's on, the guy at the restaurant basically says that she's uncompromising after she gives him his rating, his negative rating. And she has her whole speech where she's just like, you know who else was uncompromising? Gandhi was uncompromising. Martin Luther King was uncompromising. So if you think I'm uncompromising, then it seems like I'm in pretty good company. And she just lays into this guy. And Ray is there because Ray works for this meat delivery company. So he happens to be at the restaurant under completely different circumstances. And this mm. is when he's convinced to take to take Eva on. To take on the challenge of wooing her. Because he feels like this will be like his Everest. Like if I can get this person to fall in love with me. Then I mean I don't know. Like I, I get it. But it's like what? Then you just have a story of that time you got a difficult person to fall in love with you. I don't really know how far that gets you. But for our purposes <laughs> that is the thing that sort of cinches the deal for him. Mm-hmm. And then we find out later that the guy at the restaurant who who was posing as like the manager of the restaurant is actually like a health inspector from Chicago who's come to town. Or he like I don't know if he's from Chicago but he like works for like the national like health inspector organization of and course. he wants to hire health inspectors her of america sure. i think is what they're yeah. called mm-hmm. the union, uh, the HOA, sure. yeah but he works <laughs> for them and he is basically like eva you were on fire today you did such a good job handling me when i was pretending to be that person we're looking he for literally like he you. literally says i should have worn my diaper chicago's a tough town you have what it takes <laughs> It's like, why it's are you just like diapers? It's also, like, it's also just like words. It's just, it's just <laughs> words that will fit in anywhere and tell you nothing about a person. It's like, mm-hmm. you really came through. I didn't see that one coming. I can't believe I soiled myself. <laughs> it's like, I thought you said you should have worn your diaper. It's like, no, I did. I didn't wear it. I should have worn it because I literally shit myself after you walked away in front of everybody. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to work for you. Oh, wow. It seems like that's actually maybe not good for you. Like, it's like, no, I did it on purpose. It was be a medical issue. I really had to hunker down to make it happen. <laughs> Several people walked over and tried to stop me when they saw me enter into the squat position. But I convinced them I was looking for a penny on the ground. I wasn't. I was making my own <laughs> dump cake in my slacks. Full circle um i did find the rant that she did do you want me to go ahead and read it please do okay because i felt like that it's probably be something you'd want me to do hold on and i think you're uh, a dynamic actress unlike those oh. <laughs> those simps back in beantown who didn't want to give you your just desserts when you when you were owed them yeah and julia's honestly... stealing your role as peter pan which is wild mm-hmm. although I, mm-hmm. I really would rather see you as hook to be honest. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think you do really well with those complicated, like, you know, villains. Um, I love to see that. I love that for you. 
And I um, love you with like a booty length curly wig too. Mm, That's always my favorite thing. Is like absolutely Captain Hook's drag is just like top tier. So good, just and like a hair. very jaunty mustache. Like low key, Captain Hook almost has like share hair. Oh my god, absolutely. Oh my god, Absolute. Cher would be an incredible Captain Hook. <laughs> what is that gay ass movie? Yeah, what? That's for you and for you and your boys. I don't know if that would play. Who are my boys? <laughs> the homosexuals. Oh Brandon. yeah, for sure. <laughs> we would. Oh yeah, the gays. The gays would be here. For the it. gays would love it. Gays I mean, here. I would and fucking Francis be McDormand all about it Peter too. Pan. Oh come on. <laughs> He's like sixty. <laughs> oh, oh, we're do- oh ages. <laughs> no, we're bringing it's out a- we're bringing out the well. We're bringing out the well preserved. That's what we're it's doing. It's literally <laughs> Francis McDormand, no makeup, like does her own hair. Sure I'm a boy say. forever. <laughs> like <laughs> look, and and then getting an Oscar nod. <laughs> Because you know it. The Academy you know, loves it. Absolutely. And I do, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you, said, you said what you said. But my but my hook pan casting. Like, that is the gayest movie right. ever. 100%. Um, wait, 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 wait. Who's Wendy? <laughs> I'm so excited for this. That is a good question. Like Annette Benning. Okay. Okay. And Tinkerbell? Ooh. Mm. Oh, Dave wants to bring Julia Roberts back, apparently. She's not gay enough for this movie. Yeah, also, I don't know. Those they don't seem to be hidden the way they used to for her. <laughs> I feel like she keeps like she just throwing throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point. <laughs> she keeps like trying to like drop them and people are just like that gaslit <laughs> movie came and went so fast. I had no idea. <laughs> Everybody decided to get off before it took off. Um, and it's so funny because it's like you think like I feel like she went away in like this sort of like self-imposed exile, and she was like, "I'm gonna like go have kids, and I'm gonna like live my life, and I'll come back when I'm ready." And it's like she did, but everybody else was like, "We're good." <laughs> How dare you? Want it Fucking for her. America's sweetheart. I want and it for dis- her. Okay, well, you just want to have the tough conversation with her about what let's kind of Jane. Movies. Let's both watch um, Ticket to Paradise tonight. Her and Chris. Okay. <laughs> just for um, just for ourselves, not for the pod. Just me and you. Okay. Separately. Okay. Watching Ticket to Pair. Okay, I'll do it. I'll fucking okay, do it. Me too. Good. Get some numbers for our girl Juju. <sighs> okay, now can I please her. can I please have my moment, please? Yeah, you ready? Mm-hmm. I don't understand you. Why do you have to be so goddamn uncompromising? It's called principle, Oscar. Maybe the word is in short supply, but I am not. See, people pay their tax dollars for my principle so they can go to a restaurant and not eat Kentucky Fried Rat or bite into a bacon, lettuce, and tomain sandwich. If I slack up on you, then I have to cut everyone a break. And pretty soon, the almonds on your salad have legs. If that makes me uncompromising, then I wear it as a badge of honor because I am in damn good company. Martin Luther King was uncompromising. Nelson Mandela was uncompromising. And I'm sure your mother was uncompromising. Although the evidence of that is not apparent today. So why don't you... Think of me as your mom right now. And mama says, clean it up. That was really good. That was really good. Much better. You went to that place you had to go to. 
I had to go there. I had to go there and I had to bring you guys there with me because we take these journeys together. And mm. honestly, my craft would have suffered if mm-hmm. if I couldn't go there today. You betcha. You betcha. So thank you for that. And I'm just glad to thank get to you. be here with you. Thank um, you. <laughs> now we're leaving the dark place. <laughs> Coming back here to the, the world. But uh that was a that was a really great moment. And it's like the moment that like Ray decides that he's gonna court her. And like one of like the big one of the big takeaways too is that like the test for one of the big tests for Ray is like he ends up like going to like he goes to like the church that they all um he goes to the church that they all attend. Eva is like the choir director and she's a wild one. Um <laughs> and she's really feeling the song. But then afterwards they have like this like barbecue. Wait, like, hold on. Can I just say real quick, like, <laughs> the, so Eva is the choir director and she's giving it her fucking all, and all the sisters are in the choir too. <laughs> then all of a sudden they like finish the song, they cut to Eva, and there's this white blonde woman in the choir just staring daggers and Eva like she like wants her dead she's clearly like an extra and just like is not fixing her face at all she looks miserable so I just wanted to call her out and if you haven't watched it yet make sure you pay attention to that to me she just looked like a deer in headlights she's like (laughs) the lone white woman in this choir and it looks like I thought you looked mad (laughs) she showed up for a day of extra work to me and it looks like she was sold a lie and she is just like, this isn't what I thought I was going to be doing. I thought it was going to be a congregant, but I had to learn the words to wait in the water. Um, so, yeah, she's very much like on her own journey. And then um, Ray like mentions that he's got a girlfriend. While he, when he first meets Eva, he mentions a girlfriend, which like the guys all freak out at because this is the opposite of what they want. And he's like, no, no, no. No woman wants a man who nobody else wants. I know and what so, I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. It's the beginning and of his little, like, plan. I did think, I actually did think it was a smart move to mention that he had a girlfriend, not for the reason that he gave, but because women who are hesitant with men, like, if there is, like, someone, maybe uh, someone you know, or I guess, like, in this sense, she wouldn't have known who it was, but, like, sort of like a cosign, you know, that like, okay, he has a girlfriend. He might not be like a terrible, terrible person. The bar And it solo. also may be a sign <laughs> that like this person is like capable of some level of commitment at least. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so for a woman like Eva, that's important. She's not a casual dater. And like one of the tests is this sort of baked bean test. They're all at the barbecue and like one of the guys is like eating these beans and they're like too hot for him. And then we find out that Eva's the one who makes these like really hot beans. And let me tell you, I have never, I have never eaten anything as spicy as Daryl is acting like these beans are. Like he is doing everything short of like, you know, sitting in an ice bath. Like he is freaking the fuck out at how spicy these beans are. No, like how bad climbing could they up be? The tree. I've also never had spicy baked beans before. Me neither. So like, what is that flavor profile? <laughs> um, but Ray eats the beans with no problem and actually likes them. And that's what convinces mm. Eva to go on this date with him. And then like, it doesn't go well, like from the <laughs> jump, because like, they get to the restaurant, and then Eva realizes that the woman who's the manager of this restaurant worked at a restaurant that she reviewed, that she rated negatively. 
in her job as a health inspector and she's now here and then the woman says like oh i I can't wait to bring out i can't wait to bring out your next course or something along those lines we got something really special coming up for you i hope you enjoy those salads and it's like even like wants to leave which she's not wrong i mean like once somebody says that to you it's like yeah i'm not gonna eat here well also in the woman's like i got fired because of you and it's like or did you get fired because of your own incompetence? Because you know what the codes are and the standard are for keeping a clean restaurant. And if you didn't do it, that's your own fucking problem. And she's just doing her job and you just weren't doing yours. But Ray like wants her to like just hang out and eat and she doesn't want to. And like she ends up like blowing up at him kind of. Yeah, and, her anger she- is, uh, is, is not um, in tune with the issue. You know, she gets no. too angry. She's really angry. And she also, like, insults him in his job as well. And then, like, later on in the movie, like, he's sort of, like, trying to, to you know, garner favor with her again. And he actually apologizes to her. And I was like, what are you apologizing for? Uh, yeah. Like, all you, all you did was say, like, let's calm down. And I get that she felt differently about, like, you know, she felt like this was an affront to her. That this woman would sort of, like make this sort of snide comment about like oh i can't wait to serve you next course once she realizes that it's like this person who who is the reason why she believes she was fired it's like but i also feel like this could have been a conversation between the two of them as opposed to like her blowing her blowing her lid like let's go somewhere else because like i am a little afraid she's gonna do something to the food yeah like i don't want to risk it and i'd be like oh yeah okay like let's finish up and then i'll you will get the check and we'll go like (laughs) yeah it it didn't have to be the dramatic moment that she made but this is a movie and this is and this is eva deliver us from and she's gonna give us shrew realness because that's what we're doing we're taming the shrew we're taming that shrew and she gotta be um, shrewish <laughs> she gotta be shrewish and also bethany um the sister bethany she works at robin lee she works at this she owns a hair salon and we get we get she you, owns it oh i, I thought, thought she owned it i thought kim whitley owned it oh maybe kim whitley owned it okay so I, kim she, whitley look, owns it. it seemed to me like she, kim whitley was the owner because she, she has a certain authority that I respect. Which she always has. Kim Which she plays, always has. Kim Whitley plays the character of Ormandy. And mm-hmm. she's sort of running the show. She's got her colored her colored pink clip-ins in her hair. So don't worry. Kim Whitley's makeup throughout this movie is great. There's a lot of rhinestones. There's a lot of fun color. It's really well done. And it's giving 2003 a serving it up on a silver platter. It's wonderful. It's so funny how, like, early aughts has become such a, like, moment, like, culturally. It, like, it's just, oh. like, the fact that, like, it is, like, it's officially, like, enough of a relic that, like, it can be invoked. And, like, people are, like, coming for it in such an aggressive way because it's, like, well, the men's fashion was really dismal. Um, but it's back. It's it back. Is. I mean, the women's fashion wasn't any better. Like, no. it was actually worse because there were so many things going on but it was at least like colorful like there was a lot of color and we were doing too much with denim and we were like heavily no it buckles under the weight of of like early aughts fashion it we were asking too much of 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 denim we really were and like actually i have a rant about early aughts fashion so you sent me a reel on instagram and it was like 
some like 16 year old girl being like this is your sign to wear a brightly colored tank underneath like uh, a neutral colored um like long sleeve shirt to add a pop of color and then right next to it was this woman who does a lot of videos on like early aughts fashion and like it's just her standing there in like a very similar outfit and like the same look that she always does to recreate that um the early aughts like moments on her instagram and just like staring blankly about like i can't believe the kids are like doing this now and it's like kids who think they're fucking so fashionable and it come and it it's their idea and it's like it like know your history children look back at all the music videos we gave you there's hillary duff there's L Lindsay lohan there's all those early aughts girlies giving us these looks don't think that you're coming up with this and putting it like, oh, I came up with an outfit idea. This is your sign. What is my sign? You're just telling me to do it. I hate that phrase. This is your sign to do something. Fuck you, Internet. I mean, yeah, but then the 80s is going to call and they're going to be like, <laughs> hey, early aughts, you're crimping your hair. Don't you fucking dare. The thing is, is that nothing is original. But you know it hasn't come back, actually, and maybe it's because of the ozone layer, but I've noticed that really teased hair and, like, Aquanet hasn't come back yet. That, yeah, that, I haven't seen that make an appearance rat tail. at all. Like, I haven't seen that moment, and I'm wondering if it's mm -hmm. just because of the environment, but it hasn't. Well, so... mullets are back, for sure. Mullets are back in a big mullets way. Mullets are back in a big way. Um, my wife, Tara, also editor of this podcast, has a very aggressive mullet that she's growing out. And continues to grow and then there's i see them everywhere and then also those sort of shaggy wolf cuts which are very that like those are back too we all just that's lean into sort of it, like a know? teasy kind of big hair moment but not quite that aquanet moment anyways it's all, <sighs> man. It's, all it's all here it's all here it's also all here. i was gonna point out that kim kim whitley's character ormandy she has kind of a sidekick in the movie it's actor Royal Watkins who plays the most stereotypical homosexual um, <laughs> that you've ever seen committed to film. And this was a very common of like black films from like the 90s and like the early mm. aughts is like the black gay character who is like every stereotype, every stereotype of like black queerness, like on film wrapped up in one <laughs> wrapped like, into one very very one one-dimensional personality <laughs> it's like that's all just like one-liners about like sex with men and like, like his only like, oh, girl, you wild his only function in this movie is to call kim whitley's character a slut that's the only that's the only function he serves so i mean we got archetypes just hanging out basically is what we're saying it's called um, representation we got it and it matters it <laughs> fucking matters and so yeah we have all of, we have all of these things happening and we have like ray sort of getting the second chance with eva and he basically says like whatever you want to do we can do for a date and of course she loves horses and so um yeah eva dandridge is a horse girl don't you fucking sleep on her and her skills trotting through the woods girl. she's a horse girl for <laughs> sure and this is where she sort of reveals to us you know the story of her having to take over for her sister to take care of her sisters and that insurance that you know covered the price of the house but everything else was her two jobs apparently um and yeah eva really stepped up to to take care of the, the girlies and uh 
get her sisters to where to where they are mm-hmm. and um yeah everything um everything seems to be like coming together kind of because we see which is what these guys were after which is a softer side of eva as she's falling mm-hmm. in love with mike and a series of montages uh, ray and, ooh, that would be drama <laughs> as she's falling in love with with ray in a series of montages we see that her sisters are like her sisters and their husbands and partners are happier because they're sort of being allowed to like live their lives because eva isn't around as much to dictate their lives mm-hmm. and they're really relieved by this whole situation but like what's also happening which wasn't a part of their plan is that ray is actively falling in love with eva as well and this is the part of the plan that they didn't necessarily like bank on like their well, plan and it starts to take a turn too because they're falling in they're falling in love eva and ray and ray is you know falling despite himself as well but then also they are now the sisters are comparing their spouses their boyfriends and husbands to ray who is really being this perfect specimen of a boyfriend for eva and so they didn't anticipate that shit and it is showing up at their door so ray is sort of like being like taken under the sister's wing and they're all sort of embracing him and like now because before earlier in the movie Everything that Eva did was, or Eva told them to do, these were like the ways in which they, they, their lives were dictated. The sisters were often telling their husbands, Eva says we should do this. Eva says you shouldn't do that. And now it's, this is what Eva and Ray do. We should be Mm -hmm. doing this. Or why don't you do this? This is what Ray does. Really? I mean, the movie is a lesson in sisters that just need to find a voice. And like, (laughs) that's really all it is. Need Um, to like break away from like their older siblings, like, you know idea of what living well and, is yeah, yeah exactly and they need to find find figure out a way to like be in their respective relationships and not like put all of like the pressure on you know what eva and ray are doing because i mean that just is not like that's not a way to you know live live your life Right, you have to make your own decision. I mean, of course, like you have to make your own decisions and you have to make your own path and your relationship is your own and nobody can really dictate how that relationship functions if they're not within it because everything, no matter how authentic and genuine you are with your partner, looks different from the outside than it is on the inside. Yeah, and everybody's relationship is different. And, uh... The guys are just really, they're trying, they have this frustration. And also, like, it's really interesting because at a certain point in the movie, it becomes revealed that earlier in the movie, Eva was given that job offer in Chicago. She hadn't really decided if she was going to take it or not. But apparently, like, the sisters hadn't talked to their partners about Eva getting this job offer, which is really funny to me because I just can't even imagine that world. Because when that happened early in the movie, I thought to myself... Oh, well, this is their out. They don't really need Ray anymore. It seems like if Eva is convinced to take this job, then they'll have Eva out of their hair, you know, without Ray because she'll have to move. But, like, later on in the movie, one of the sisters casually throws out, oh, yeah, Eva's not taking that job offer in Chicago, which was their out. She's going to stay here and be with Ray. And the other thing worth mentioning is that, like, there's this fund that they keep mentioning called the Dandridge, like fund and it's this unnamed amount of money that like the sisters all have and like 
it they're the the husbands really want this fund dissolved well mainly mike who's not even a husband he's like the main <laughs> proponent for it it's like you're not even know, married to this family yet. i don't know why this is your thing but I've they heard. all really want access to this money and we and don't really know how why. much money there is and i don't really know why mike wants access to it because it is it's like what are you gonna do with it but he really well, wants it. And... and it's like, I mean, how much is it? And what is it going to mean for your lives to get a hold of that money? Right. And I, I, it's just a, they don't really ever explain what the fund is, to be honest. No. And it's unclear, too, because it's like if Eva was like raising them and working all these jobs and putting people through college, you would think they would have had to tap into that fund at some point. But right. Eva but I guess it remains untouched and everybody yeah. you know wants their their take of this well the sisters don't seem to care and what we find out later in the movie is that the sisters have all decided to basically give eva all the money since she's gonna stay here so that her and her and ray can start this life together which is kind of like but like why do they need this money like i don't know why this would recall but if you all feel like you know eva sacrificed for us at an earlier point in life and we want her to have this money because of yeah. what she did for us when we were when we were younger than like yeah like i get that but that's like that. the other thing so now ray has become actually the impediment he's the problem that these three are like now trying to fight against because it's like they're being compared to him he's now eva's impetus to stay in the city not take the job which is the opposite of what they want so they they construct the harebrained scheme of kidnapping ray so they kidnap him in this warehouse and then the second part once they kidnap him is they're like we have to get rid of ray so they kill him off essentially they we they forgot to mention the movie starts at his funeral we that's think... the first scene of the movie is him basically narrating his his funeral and he says i bet you want to know how i got in this position and we find out well we're also we also skipped over a very important part that i think we should mention oh. the the charity ball the gala whatever it is I don't oh even know yeah what it is so um uh eva has to go to this work thing i think it's a charity gala or something i'm not even sure what it is but it's a very like black tie event ray ends up not being able to come um and she runs into her ex-boyfriend there Lucious. who like his name is lucius and he you know they mentioned him earlier in the movie he like famously broke her heart and she comes in or ray comes in right at the right time he first of all is like basically so fucking weird and like flexing in front of her about how good his life is he introduces her like his wife which is none other than kenya moore did you clock that of course i clocked that <laughs> well you didn't you weren't excited to say anything about it so no was... of course i clocked it yeah it was it was our girl kenya she <laughs> she made a lot of like those er those like early aughts like random cameos and stuff this is pre Real Housewives. And... Pre-Real Housewives. But I was like, is that Kenya? Oh, yes. my God. So and then I was like, I knew that she was in things, but I just didn't know what. She always you know? pops up surprisingly in, like, yeah. in like a project. I also I'm remember, like, when the Wendy Williams show was on, I remember she, like, I think Tia had a show on, like, Netflix. It was called, like, I don't remember, Something Family. It was, like, her and, like, I think Loretta Devine played her mother-in-law or something. And I remember Tia mm. was on, like... It was on like the Wendy Williams show. 
mm-hmm. and like talking about it and Wendy Kenya had been on the show and Kenya I think had made a comment on the show when she was like oh I'm gonna be starring in this new sitcom on Netflix called like god I can't remember a family reunion or something like that mm-hmm. I think it's a family reunion and Tia was like oh yeah she she guest starred in an episode and it was just like so funny because it was like I love how it turned into I'm starring on this show and then Tia like made the correction and was just like, Oh, I don't know. That's what I'd call it. Oh but yeah, she gosh. she popped in for a moment. These like, have... starring on the show. You're just These... coming in for a cute moment. Inflated egos of the real housewives it's are so amazing. Absolutely enormous yeah the project's <laughs> hinging on me basically at yeah. this point they're my name is what's getting them funding they're working around season. my schedule right now we haven't started shooting yet but yeah um... i haven't started they've started doing some sort of preliminary stuff but they're really mm. just testing the equipment more than anything right right it's just like, setting up you know okay, making sure okay. i don't have to waste time on set <laughs> you know yeah no i'll go through i'll do what i'm gonna do um, i'm waiting to get some more of the scripts i've got one mm. right now but i'm the wheels are turning and my agent's on their asses so <laughs> But it was just really funny. Um, but yeah, that's she's Kenya's here. She's playing Lucius Johnson's wife, Renee Johnson. Yes, and she is. They're basically like being. They're saying the most like, just openly bragging about their life. She makes a mention about like Lucius is the assistant to the mayor, and he's. Uh, was offered the job at a very generous salary. And it's like, who says that? Who says no that one. to people you don't know? Like, No one says... says that to someone. Absolutely. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And then, of course, Ray swoops in. He got off of work early, put on his finest tux. He looks amazing. And then because of his connections with the mayor from an earlier scene, he actually like takes a picture with, the mayor right in front of with the mayor and Eva right in front of Lucius and like makes him feel stupid. And that is the impetus to them, like having this really great night and they end up having sex. And like, he wasn't going to have sex with her because he was feeling guilty about the fact that he's been, you know, paid to take her out. But you know what? He's going to do what he's going to do. And and this is sort of the beginning of like their relationship really deepening and like, Mm-hmm. the beginning of them falling in love so, which makes it all like the sadder when we like realize that like the guys the three the three you know tim daryl and mike really don't want them to be together anymore because it doesn't serve their purposes and it's yeah. actually now heating you know um some of well it's not heating but it's it's like halting some of like what they wanted to happen what they and want. then they hatch this plan of like putting ray in this warehouse and like tying him up <laughs> to the ceiling and like and, and then, then staging like, a fake funeral for him it's but, wild, but more than staging a fake funeral the scene before that is like a uh, uh, resplendent Eva arriving at her sister's at the sister's beauty shop yes. and then the three of them running in and telling her that Ray is dead Oh my and then, God, yeah. and then she like faints, at, you know, because it's like the love of her life, as far as she's concerned. And so it's like, right? Not only were they like, we have to get, we have to get rid of her, but like, we're gonna like break her. We're gonna heart. kill off the person she's just. We're gonna kill off the person she's. And it's also like it's so implausible because it's like you can't keep like, and they say they're like, we just need to keep you, ch- we need to keep you, keep you tied up here until Eva leaves town, basically. Right. 
mm-hmm. guess expecting this it's because it's like how long do you expect her to be here it could be two weeks like what's the plan they leave for him she might leave? not want to leave family you know what i yeah, mean it like is, it's wild and they leave like an assortment of snacks for him it's like there's like chips ahoy and like twinkie <laughs> there's like a mound of just like it's like a child's <laughs> dream and then on the other side are these two like buckets that are just like set there. We don't know what that's for. Um, not a roll two, of TP baby. to be found, though. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. no. You um, gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta what? Scrape it off of the image. <laughs> How? Even like I don't the... know. I have no idea. It is. It is. It's a setup. And the so, thing is that nobody's gonna be nobody's happy with the setup. <laughs> and like the way that Ray ends up getting free is that he takes his pants off. There's like what looks like a something almost akin to like a bobby pin that's like just far enough out of his reach. But he takes his pants off and he uses them to like MacGyver this bobby pin to him. And once he gets it there, this is one of this, by the way, is your quintessential master lock. It is that lock with the ridges on it and master ridden in royal blue on the he edge. Gets it's out the of standard it lock. So and he takes this bobby pin and he gets out of this lock toot sweet. He <laughs> is he's out and he's on his way to the funeral service, which is where Eva is and everybody, because this funeral apparently was set up with the quickness. This <laughs> yeah. funeral is happening. And they mention the fact I think he mentions that he was a foster child at one point. So he yeah. grew up in the foster system, and they basically say when he's like, he's like, how are you planning on making this happen? When the brothers are, are like, you know, chaining him up, and they say, well, you don't have any relatives, and you don't have any friends, because you move so much. Because that's the whole <laughs> thing about Ray, is that he moves from location to location. I just love, like, nobody loves or cares about you, so it's going to be easy <laughs> for us. So it's going to be under rug swept, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and there's no fucking way you're going to figure out how to get out of this mess. And he gets out, and then he goes to the funeral. It's a dramatic scene at the funeral where the where the two doors of the church open, and it's him illuminated by the sunlight. And then there's one. You just hear one lone person in the back of the church let out a blood curdling scream. And then, <laughs> and then he, I also like feel like there is not enough enough emphasis put on the fact that they kidnapped a human being, locked him up, and like. It's very much like plagued it or it's very much like played as like a moment of like shenanigans, but like it is a serious It's a lot serious crime. It's a lot. And also there's and also what does Eva say? Eva like Eva when she walks up to him, she says she's like excited to see him. And she's she like, Oh my him. god, oh my god. And I would be You gave it more than what she gave it. She is so calm. She's like, oh my I god, you're like, here. I would be like, you know it's what like, I would be doing. What's happening? I would be like, what's happening? Fear! Ah! Oh god. Oh, I mean, I know what you're doing. Like. I mean, of course. <laughs> I would faint. I would throw oh, up. I would be, make it. And it'd be it. me next to you just screaming like, I'm not. Like, let's figure out what's going on. You're too much. You're, oh, please. You're actually hindering be... the discovery. <laughs> You would you would be just as confused asking just as many questions. No, I would not be. No, but you would be like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like enough. Sit down. You'd be like, stop talking so we can figure out. You yes. would have to tell me to be quiet. But you, I would be like, but you would be one. very concerned about what was going like, on. Pick up your pillbox hat off the ground, Jackie. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and then the scene is a wild scene. And like to be fair, the task of like an actor in a scene like this, like 
the task of Gabrielle Union in this scene is to like, you have to take in the fact that this person who you were in love with died and has effectively been resurrected somehow. You have to track that. And then also Ray is trying to explain to her basically the plan that her brothers-in-law tried to put into action. And he's explaining, he has explained the fact that they he was paid to pretend to fall in love with her, but he actually fell in love with her in the process. And as he's doing this, the three brothers-in-law are behind him going, he's lying, he's lying. <laughs> and then like Eva turns to them and she goes, you three have yet to feel my rage. <laughs> Which is like, it's just one of the most dramatic lines. And I was living for it. because it's, it's, it's so good. It's so much. It's uh, so good and it's such, it's so pregnant with promise. It's and... like, it's like what my mom would say to me when she called me at like six o'clock on her way home and asked if I'd taken the chicken out of the freezer that oh I was supposed my to take God. out before I went to school. And then she was just like, it's I'll see you when I get home, Greenhouse. And it's like, ugh. Oh, the worst, God. like, 45 minutes of my life. Oh, waiting for that door, to, that key to turn in the Or lung. trying to defrost it in, like, some <laughs> some unsanitary way. I'm sure there's plenty of that, too, when I was a kid. There's probably We probably ate quite a bit of, like, partially thought things, because I was just like, I remember once for sure, like, supposed to thaw something, didn't thaw My mom came home, and, like, I like I think I, like, put it in the oven to sort of, like, try and get in front of things. And my mom was like, why is it so raw? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know the oven. She, she put those pieces together. So the oven's broken. It's kind of damn oven again. You know how it was last time. You last time I was supposed to thought. Remember, the same thing happened. Um, but yeah, this is like a really dramatic like moment where it's like I don't know how you could process all these things as an actor at one time. And the and to be fair, they do not give her enough time. Like the director doesn't let her sit with anything. No. It's like the, this whole part, including the kidnapping and the funeral and the reveal. This whole part is probably about. Five minutes. Yeah, it's a <laughs> like, lot in a very short amount of time. And you're like, you have whiplash as like a viewer. Although I was like here for it, but I was like, of course you this were. is all happening so fucking fast. And the scene ends with her slugging Ray in the face and then saying, I never want to see you again and walking out of the church. Mm-hmm. And it is quite the scene because all I could think was like, how are you three? Mike, Daryl, and Tim, how are you ever going to explain this to your wives? Like, this is an appalling set of circumstances. You're not the person they thought they married. Like, no, you are... I can't imagine sitting down with my spouse and explaining <laughs> how I paid someone to date their sibling in order to get them... In order to get their sibling out of the state and then fake the death of the person and, like... Hold them up in a warehouse somewhere with <laughs> with some with some fig newtons and a couple of loose buckets to mess themselves in, and then <laughs> came to the funeral. Sense. Like I can't imagine. I mean, when you list it out like that, it certainly doesn't sound. Good. How do you go back to a normal marriage? <laughs> it's just like I would. There'd no. always be those moments where it was just like we're like eating like crudite. <laughs> and I just like, you know, watching British Bake Off and you just sort of look over and you're just like, look at You him. really just did like that. Leaning into frivolity. Just like <laughs> laughing and enjoying the, and enjoying like all of the splendor that life has to mm. offer. I don't know why that scenario is the splendor that life has to offer. I'm eating dry ass <laughs> pieces of Veggies. julienne carrot and 
some loose cucumber. Great British bake. <laughs> watching the fucking Which British is British delightful, of look course. At, look at him. Look at him <laughs> lapping in luxury here with me. Um, but like just those moments, like little, like playful, like cheeky moments in life. Yeah. And it's just like, uh-huh. you just watch your spouse and just think like, my God, they like, they kidnap someone. And you... there wasn't even like a scene where anybody's like, y'all could have gone to jail, which is like, it should right? be addressed. There should because... be, it should be addressed. Like you, you wrapped chains around another man and you locked And you key. left him with loose buckets and Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. And you told him, make it work. Tinder. <laughs> Make it Tim, work. You get a Tim got it till till she oh, down. Oh my god! Yeah, you make it work until tissues needed. But as Dane <laughs> said, you just scrape it off on the edge of the bucket and keep it <laughs> trucking because that's how she feels about it. I honestly like. I also, don't... the only thing worse than shitting in that bucket is like the next time you have to shit in it because you got to reapproach it and you've got to in this time you got to be careful where you put your booty cheeks because you can't sit on it because you were too busy playing the scrape game <laughs> that's yesterday. true that you got to hover from that point you get one and how many scrape. times you can only scrape the edges so many times so as soon as they come back because it's going to take a week at least for even to get out of town then you're like you need to bring me some fucking toilet paper and you need to or you need to wipe the edges of it all that yeah. mess that's around the edge. But from if every you're rape I've done, if you're able to wipe, then why aren't you? If you're able to wipe the edges of it, why aren't you wiping your ass? I mean, no, I know. Well, first thing you'd say is like, I need some TP, and I also need like a new bucket, <laughs> y'all. And don't just take it outside and try and hose that shit out. <laughs> no, I want, I want a fresh bucket. <laughs> Bring me a bucket of fucking water too. Bring yeah, me a bucket of water. Absolutely. I like that we're. Just, this is a person who's basically accepted. Because it's like he's not like, going to be able to. Does he have a toothbrush? Like, also be able bring to me wash something to teeth? fucking eat. Like, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't trust him to bring me anything to eat. I guess bring me bring uh, me unopened bag of chips. Yep. Oh yeah, it's, it's be a unopened. whole thing. We're really getting into the minutia, but you get the point. <laughs> it's a messy scenario, and uh, Mike and Eva ends up taking the job. I, I mean, I don't blame her. She just wants out of town at this point, and also she points out that like. She she feels like she needs to give her sisters space to like grow in their relationships, and she does. Right. She is aware mm-hmm. now of the fact that like her presence has impeded like the growth of these respective like couples, and so she decides to take the job in in Chicago. Chicago. And then this is the biggest twist of the movie happens right now, which blew my freaking mind. It was the one thing in this movie that I couldn't anticipate we get a view of her new office and the nameplate on her door. And it says that her real name is Evangeline, which Evangeline baby. I never would have guessed. Never, never in a million years. It's a lot of name. I mean, why do you think they, why do you think they made the choice to go with Evangeline as opposed to just Eva? I think people are just doing too much. <laughs> Thank you for confirming it. Just I wanted to make just sure. One thing. It was like, Ooh, what if it's a what if it's a longer, more serious name though? Eva can't hold on its own. Yeah. What if, what if it's a name that sounds like it holds some serious fucking weight? Eva yeah. is like you can still play around. You cannot play around with a woman named Evangeline. I'm sure there's plenty of Evangeline Lily's former suitors that would say otherwise. Mm. but they probably but she probably had a moment i'm sure evangeline lily has a moment where she's looked over at someone like jeremy sisto and just been like you have yet 
up in my rage. I don't know why I'm I'm I don't know why I'm positing that like Evangeline Lily had any relationship with Jeremy's sister. By the way, one hundred percent. I didn't. Were they in something together? I don't think so. I mean, it could have okay. happened. Okay, I, it's so strange that 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 you chose Jeremy Sisto. Maybe she said it to Paul Rudd on the set of Ant Man when he was playing one too many hijinks, <laughs> or Michael Douglas. Was she in something with Michael Douglas? He's he's in Ant Man. Um, I you know the, I haven't seen any Ant Man. He's in the he's movies. in the second movie. I haven't seen a single one of those. It's only two, I think. It's hard. And somebody else plays like Ant Man's mom. I can't. Why are you such a big fan of Michelle Ant Man? Michelle Pfeiffer. Why? This is like a reveal to me that you know everything about the Ant Man movies. I know four, four, and the four lead characters. That's all I know. (laughs) That's all I shared with you. And I like that it makes me a producer on the movie. (laughs) I love that you know the set, you know the cost of the costumes for Ant Man, you know what they were eating at craft services every day. It's like no, boo boo. <laughs> literally just named I know the, form. the top build actors. I, I, like, you could put a gun to my head and said, if you can't, if you have to name one other person besides Paul Rudd in this movie, or I will put a fucking bullet in your brain. I would be like, I have to die. But I you haven't know. seen it. That's true. But I just am surprised you have seen it. I love that I watched. I happen to be on Disney Plus, bored, and I watched the two Ant Man movies. And your Look, mind you is to... blown. You have made me the president of the Ant Man fan club. I just like. I mean, it's so much. It's so much murder. She rolled Golden Girls. Like you know, it's just Ant Man was a surprise. That's all. But I'll when admit, you... I have some really random movies that I really haven't enjoyed watching. So there's something sometimes so shady when you just look up, like you Google an actor, and then it's like they're about, and all it is is facts. But the facts feel shady. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Evangeline Lilly. She was married to somebody named Murray Hone, and it just says married 2003 to 2004. And that's all it says. <laughs> you put so much attitude in that date range. I've never heard anybody do that. It just feels like it feels like it feels like the people in the, who did the about section are like, do with that info what you will. Those are the dates. It's just like, shady bitches. Um, they're like, all we did was say what happened, baby. Well,. Um, Anyway, so she takes a job in Chicago, and Ray shows up. Did you? Ray shows up on a horse. She's coming. Ray down the shows stairs up in her in the government building on a white fucking horse, and did, I just did thought, you notice in risk. the wide shot that it was not Ray and maybe not a black man. One hundred percent. I was like, "Who is that person? Who is that?" And I was like, "Dave and I were sort of like pontificating about what we thought happened." And I was like, "I think what happened was that that horse was a wild one. That horse is in the city center. There's lots of people around. Mm-hmm. Whoever was in charge was like, he's gonna get spooked. I don't know." And or LL saw saw the writing on the wall and was like, "No, I watch. No, 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 no. Not today." And it looks like they found the nearest beige person, and they told them to hop up there. And they got their wide shot where no, where not a soul was around the horse. It was just him, sort of in his like glory shot on the back of the horse, backlit, and then the, backlit, backlit perfectly so that you couldn't. Exactly that face was tell. obscured, but yeah. we knew it wasn't LL. And then, the, and then for all of like the medium shots, we have like LL the horse where you can't see the trainer out of frame, trying to you know calm you know high heel silver down holding, a little bit, <laughs> holding onto the horse, probably just feeding life. him carrots. I'm sure, but. <laughs> 
Ella got those two got those two uh, medium shots and was like, "That's mm-hmm. a day as far as I'm concerned. I'm not yep. dying on this set. Mm-hmm. Do I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies? Give me off this damn horse." Um, <laughs> but we do get we do find out that Ray. This is also too much. Ray mm-hmm. sold his house. Which he, he moved just to Chicago, bought. which he just bought. He moved to Chicago and he's now bought this horse that he brought to Eva. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are ba- basically, she says, I don't know if I'm going to date you or not. Then the cops show up on horses also. And they're basically like, you can't have this horse in the street. And they're asking whose horse is this? And Eva finally says it's mine. And then her and Ray hop on the horse and they drive off into the sunset of what appears to be California with a uh, with Chicago it's... skyline superimposed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say no, they're in Chicago, but they're not actually in Chicago. No. It's one hundred percent like a green screen. But yeah, it's a wild, huge swing and I guess she goes for it. And I also feel like Eva I would is a love person who would be like the... that's not the way we spend money. Like <laughs> Well, this is what I'm saying. I would love, I would love to see the alternate ending where she is like, "This is insane." No, like, take the horse back. What an irresponsible thing! I didn't ask you to come here. This is, in fact, quite, quite uncomfortable because now I feel like I have to take care of you. You just moved, you sold your house and bought a horse for me. That was an incredibly irresponsible financial decision, and that makes me not want to be with someone like you. But then Ella Cool J licks his lips and, you know, everybody forgets about everything Exactly. Else. And we're all on board again. And uh, that is Deliver Us From Eva. Deliver Us From Eva. I do love the name. It's a perfect name for it's, this it's movie. Yeah. And, and it leaves me with a question for you. Sure. Would you watch this movie again? I would absolutely watch this movie again. I would watch this movie again tomorrow. I loved it. Ooh. It was so good. It's a perfect yeah. romantic comedy. It's a it's... really great romantic comedy. We really have been feeding y'all. I love that we <laughs> we felt the need to mention that we were doing Valentine's episodes. Because I'm sure y'all are like, you motherfuckers haven't gotten your feet <laughs> off of our throats with these goddamn romantic comedies in a month. And we won't, you know? And we, we won't. won't. We love them. But, we you know, we'll give you something else spicy coming your way. But, Jane, mm-hmm. I have one more question for you. Yes. I challenged you last week to Ooh. come up with a movie for me. And I want to know if you have the courage, the courage mm. to come up with a movie for me. The bravery. <laughs> well, I hate to be the one to end our romantic comedy streak. You know that's oh. not my that's not my bag. My bag is the romantic comedy. She's a rom com girl. Okay. I'm a rom com girl. I love love. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that voice. I don't know I what that, that was. You and me both. I said it first. I hated it first. <laughs> I love love. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Something new in the mix. Oh, God. We just are trying to keep it fresh for you. Not we're everything. Trying, we're trying to keep it spicy. <laughs> Not everything is going to be a win. Get, like, get your fucking... Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm yelling. I And, I, and I, I'll, I take it back. <sighs> Let me collect myself. The movie that I have chosen for you for next week... Um, you and I had a conversation about this. You have seen it, but you don't remember a single thing about it. So I am very excited <laughs> to cover the incredible movie, Con Air. 
Oh, oh, that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. It's such a good movie. I have seen that a hundred times. Am I good? I mean, Nicholas Cage's weave. Nicholas <laughs> Cage's weave. It I'm carries excited. the movie. I'm excited. Yeah, I love it. I've been, I'm on such a like. I don't know what it is. '90s action movies are really just like. You know what? It for me. They are so good, and really I, good. I think the thing that really started it with me is your Die Hard choice. Oh. That was, I feel like that was maybe the first, or was it True Lies? Did we do True Lies before Die True Hard? True Lies is a great one, too. Oh my God. I can't remember, but definitely this podcast has started my love affair with, like, revisiting these 90s action movies, because they're so ridiculous, they're and so I love them. Ridiculous. So, yeah, oh, that's what we That'll got. That'll be a fun episode. Um... <clears throat> So thank you to everyone for listening to us yeah, yeah, talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. Deliver for, Deliver Deliver Us from Miva. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. if you haven't seen the movie, you should watch it. It's really good. Um yeah. we appreciate you sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed it. I know Brandon and I enjoyed it. If you want to continue enjoying us through the week, you can follow us on social media. And we are on Facebook and we're on Instagram at movies we missed. And we will be there until the end of time. So shoot us a DM. Let us know how you're feeling. Check out other movies that mm-hmm, you may have mm-hmm, missed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that a lot part. of them. <laughs> we've Absolutely. done a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So we love you. And we will see you next week for Con Air. <sighs> Bye. guys and our swords <laughs>